Today's testimony is from Sister Elena Ramondetti. She's a daughter of St. Paul, and she describes Mother Tekla with these words. She hugged me with deep affection. And just a little bit of Sister Elena's story. She was born in 1909 and died in 1999. Sister Elena, in 1937, was sent to China with two other daughters of St. Paul to begin the Pauline Apostolate in collaboration with the Society of St. Paul, which had a small house in Nanking. In 1938, the sisters were forced to leave the country due to the war between China and Japan. They took refuge with the Society of St. Paul in Delhi, India, for a few months until Maestro Tekla sent word directing them to go to the Philippines. They arrived there in October 1938, just before the outbreak of the World War II and Japan's invasion of the Philippines. The sisters spent the war years, that is 1941 to 1945, fleeing the Japanese forces and carrying out the Pauline mission as best as they could. Sister Elena remained in the Philippines until she was sent to India in 1953 to serve as local superior in Mumbai, at that time known as Bombay. In 1957, she was transferred back to the Philippines, where she served as regional superior from 1957 to 1965, and then as provincial superior from 1965 to 1972. And then, as we said earlier, she died in 1999. So this is her testimony of Mother Tekla Merlo, and how beautiful to wrap up this meditation of our month with Maestra Tekla. She writes, Maestra Tekla loved every sister very much. Each time we saw her, she was always very concerned about us. She would ask not only how things were going in our communities, but she would also inquire about our health and about how we were doing personally. Her great desire was for us to love one another. When another sister and I left Alba for China in 1937, Maestro Tekla accompanied us to the train station, the first stage of the journey. And when it was time to say goodbye, she hugged me with such deep affection that I, still feel, I, I am still moved when I recall that moment. That same day, she sent me a letter by means of another daughter of St. Paul who joined us in Naples. That letter, too, was brimming over with affection. In it, she urged us with maternal solicitude to love one another, to always remain faithful to our superiors, to establish a community founded on love, and to become saints. From 1937 until 1941, the outbreak of World War II, she kept track of what was happening to us by means of the letters she sent us on a regular basis. In those letters, she always asked us about our health, reminded us to apply ourselves to the study of the local language, and to gradually insert ourselves into the Chinese context, and later the Filipino context, so as to carry out the apostolate better. 
ten years went by before I returned to Italy. Maestro Tecla came to Naples to meet us, our first encounter after all that time. She asked us with great solicitude about our trip and about what had happened to us during the war. She wanted to know about the trials we had undergone and how we had managed to stay alive. In the end, she said, the Blessed Mother saved you all. Be grateful for this and strive to love her very much. End quote. I remember how punctual she was about answering all our letters. She wrote so clearly and succinctly that she could clarify any problem with just a few words. During the long years of the war, from 1941 to the first half of 1945, we received no news from Italy because it was not possible for her to communicate with us directly. Maestro Tecla would send the letters she wrote us to our sisters in the United States who would then forward them to us. When communication between Italy and the countries of the Far East was restored, I can say that not a single letter I ever wrote to her went unanswered. And this was true up until her final illness. In fact, the last letter I see received from her was dated November 14, 1963. Her health worsened on November 22nd, and after that, she was no longer able to speak or write. Maestro Tecla's prudence and attention to detail were also revealed in the way she practiced the virtue of justice. She strongly insisted that every person be given his or her due, in particular with regard to payment for services done for us, even in situations where it would have been easy for the worker to avoid certain chores. As far as we could tell, Maestro Tecla herself was very scrupulous about carrying out her own responsibilities in an upright way. She strove, first of all, to be just with God, attributing to him all the good she was able to accomplish and accepting his will unreservedly with a sincere, with a sincere Deo gratias. In the last stage of her life, it seemed to us that she was even more gentle and maternal, but she was also capable of being forceful, especially with herself. She had a great spirit of sacrifice, which she revealed above all by obeying the rule and participating in community activities. Even when she was tired or up to her ears in work, she loved to spend time with her daughters. She would take part in community recreations so as to have the chance to see and speak with the sisters. And she did this both when she was in residence at the Generalate in Rome and when she was visiting our, our Daughters of St. Paul communities abroad. When she came to the Philippines, she didn't have a car, so we wanted to rent one for the duration of her stay. But Maestro Tecla rejected that proposal. She said, if all of you can get around without a car, then so can I. 
It was May, the hottest month of the year in the Philippines, but she made all her trips to the local communities without a car and without a word of complaint. She often advised us to learn how to adapt to the usages and customs of the local population. I remember that on her last visit to Asia, January to May 1962, I accompanied her from India to the Philippines. Our first stop was Manila, and when she arrived, she did not feel well. At first, she decided to ask all the older sisters and the superiors of the branch houses to come to Manila, but then one day she said to me, Listen, I've had an inspiration. Come make the hour of adoration with me, and afterward I'll tell you about it. We went to the chapel, made the visit, and as we left, she said to me, I've decided to go to the houses myself to see the sisters instead of having them come to me. Let them know. We'll start tomorrow. We took a plane from one island to another. My Tecla was always serene and cheerful, and she participated wholeheartedly in community recreations, which she considered to be just as important as her more serious duties. I noticed that when we reached the last branch houses, she continued to see each sister personally, even though she was not feeling well at all, and she also continued to answer all the sisters she received, all the letters she received. But after the visits to the houses were over, she had to take to her bed because the pain in her legs was so severe. What struck me most about Maestro Tecla was her humility and great faith. Once, when I was returning to India after several months in Rome, I found a letter she had slipped into my handbag. It read, Thank you for coming to Rome and for all that you did while you were here. Forgive me, I was brusque with you, but you know that I love you very much. End quote. When she left the Philippines, she left behind her letter in which she thanked us for having put up with her during her visit and asked us to forgive her for not doing all that she had wanted to do and should have done. When Father Albion and Maestro Tecla visited Bombay in 1955, the house in which we were living at that time was very small. Father Albion said immediately that we needed a bigger house. Maestro Tecla replied, Yes, but we don't have the money for it. Primo Maestro retorted, Where is your faith? Is it possible that you are still reasoning in such a human way? She humbly accepted the admonition and thanked him for it. Later she said to us, Did you hear what Primo Maestro said? We must have faith. End quote. Humility sustained Maestro Tecla also in the exercise of obedience, which characterized her religious life from the outset. Out of obedience, she accepted the office of superior general, and many times she courageously undertook initiatives that perhaps she didn't understand. She often said, let us obey, obey. In this way, we will never make a mistake, end quote. I can also say that Maestro Tecla stood out from everyone else in the way she lived simplicity. On her visits to Asia, 
I was told over and over again by sisters of different institutes and various other people how simple your mother general is, how easy it is to approach her. Saintly Prima Maestra Tecla, intercede for us. Together, let us conclude our reflections on Mother Tecla using the prayer for her beatification. Most Holy Trinity, we thank you for the singular gifts of light, grace, and virtue which you granted to Sister Tecla Merlo, and we thank you for having chosen and constituted her the wise mother and sure guide of the daughters of St. Paul. Through her intercession, grant that we may live of her great loves. Jesus, Master in the Holy Eucharist, the Church, the Gospel, and souls. Souls sought and served through evangelization with the instruments of social communications to the point of total sacrifice. O Lord, if it be in the design of your divine wisdom, carry out even on this earth for this very devoted daughter of St. Paul, your divine promise. If anyone serves me, my Father will honor him. Exalt this faithful servant to the joy of the Church and the good of many souls, and grant us through her intercession the favor we ask of you. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Jesus, Master, way, truth, and life, have mercy on us. Mary, Queen of the Apostles, pray for us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray for us. From all sin, deliver us, O Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.